and MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against networkers who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hope you're having an amazing day. I am still here in... Michigonia, and it is a record-breaking 20 degrees right now. So, just feeling all sorts of warm and fuzzy. Actually, I, uh, uh, I think I mentioned I mentioned this in an email that went out today. Um, I dug up my espresso machine, which was fun, and so I've been making mass amounts of cappuccinos and things. So, got up this morning, made a cappuccino for myself and for. Um, Ashley and Ashley's dad, and uh, yeah, so I'm sipping that. I was a little behind on my drink, though, so I've got like half a glass, and it's been like two hours. But anyway, today I wanted to talk with you about the email sequence that I use to uh, pretty much promote anything. Um, it's you know I, I have variations to it. No matter you know if I, if I want to, if I need to go longer or shorter for whatever reason, um, but it's basically a five-day sequence that I can extend to as many as ten days or shorten to as little as two or three, um, depending on what I'm trying to you know put out there. So, pretty much every sequence that uh, that that we write, or excuse me, every every need that we have for an email sequence, I use a variation of this. So whether it be like a follow-up sequence um, after a webinar, whether it be a follow-up sequence after a lead magnet download, whether it be a promotion sequence um, to like have a one-off promotion, like we did for this Black Friday, um, anything like that, we use a variation of this. So first of all, the base of the variation comes from the soap opera sequence um, that uh, that Russell Brunson teaches. So I learned this uh, multiple years ago. This was the first really legitimate sequence that I that I learned uh, how to write, and I've ba- I've basically used it ever since, and then kind of put my own spin on a few areas that just make more sense. So when I first started writing the sequence, I used you know something very very close to what he uh, what he used. So if you look at like if you go years back, I don't know how you would, but if you've been you know on our list for for multiple years, if you go to our very first emails that we ever sent uh, with these sequences. <clears throat> I stuck very, very close to basically his scripts. So it was probably a page to a page and a half long um, and you know, very succinct in a lot of ways. And um, yeah, and some of those are 
are you know not so good and <laughs> my very first ones and then probably about a year or two in I started to get fairly good at them but I still followed his uh, kind of formula very very closely and then since then I've kind of adopted uh, or adapted into some of my my own formula um, so I still use the base layer so that's what I'm gonna basically c- explain to you now um, and then I'll kind of maybe I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about how we adjust it so the base layer is is this um, and actually, now that I say this, even the base layer <clears throat> is a little bit of an adjustment off of the soap opera sequence. But I just wanted to make sure that uh, you know that you knew where I got it from, so that you could go look at that yourself and uh, and get some some ground level knowledge there. Um, and also because it's it's very similar in a lot of ways, so I want to make sure that I give credit where credits due. So first, uh, the first email is. Uh, usually some type of an opener and some type of a promise to give something away. Okay, um, so you're basically opening a loop uh, and then you are going to be closing that loop in the second email, um, but then kind of recur- or going again with the original loop. So um, the first email, you're opening essentially two loops and then you're closing one in email number two and you're kind of continuing with it through email number three. Um, num- email number two is going to be talking about uh, the major story that you're going to be running through through emails two and three. So email one, you're kind of starting with some type of a story, and then you are creating an, a, a loop, an open loop, to close in number two, and you are going to begin the arc of the story through email two and three. It's happening in two and three, but you're starting it in email one. Email number two is you are basically telling the bulk of your story that you're going to be talking about here in, you know, throughout the throughout the sequence, and you're starting it at a point. Um, Russell calls it high drama. So if you ever think about any movie or really any any story or any good book that you pick up, it's always starting like right in the middle, right? It's always starting with like a car chase or, um, you know, someone freaking out or something crazy happening. And then they kind of go back and they tell you the story as the movie goes on. So you're going to do do the same thing in email number two. You're going to start at a point of high drama. Then you're going to leave an open loop in email number two. And so that open loop is essentially going to be the missing link that caused you to have the success that you had in email number two. So email number one, you're, you're basically giving a synopsis of your story. So before you start a sequence, you have to know what you're trying to accomplish. That's one of the most obvious things, but yeah, it's the, one of the biggest missed things when you're going through a sequence of any kind. You need to know what you're trying to accomplish. So at the very most basic level, what you might be trying to accomplish is let's say it's a follow-up sequence for a lead magnet, and you are trying to get someone to take the action that is at the end of the lead magnet. Let's say it's filling out an application. So the goal of the sequence is to what? It's to get people to fill out the application at the end. Like that's the goal. So it's you're unashamed. That is your goal. Um, but you're also you can't just email people and tell people and just say, "Hey, go fill out my application." You have to, or you can, but it's not going to work. You have to tell them a story that's going to get them to be moved emotionally to eventually go do that. So the best way to do it is is to know what stories you're going to tell. So. In the example of let's just use um, let's just use a, a kind of a, a normal network marketing type of story. So in email number one, you're probably going to talk about how how you how you uh, or where you're at now. So you're going to kind of give a, a snapshot of your end results and where you started, and you will 
end with you'll start with your results you'll then move into some of your story and then you'll finish with your results okay because nobody wants to read a, a story that starts in the beginning you don't want to say something like um you know so i grew up in you know kansas and i went to school and then i did this and i did this and then i did this and then i get a network marketing you know you want to say something like right in the center where it's really really potent you know i was failing for four years straight and i had no idea why you know dot 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 I always was. I was growing. I uh, growing up. I was always told to go to school, get a good job, all that bullcrap. Blah blah blah. I did that. I wasted ten years of my life. I got into network marketing. I wasted another three years failing, but finally I cracked the code and I, you know, went kaboom. If you want to know my secret about that, I'll tell you that secret tomorrow. So I'm kind of opening the loop of my story, right? So I have a, an open loop of the story. And then I have a thing that I'm giving away tomorrow. So you want to know my secret, I'll tell you tomorrow. So that's the other open loop. It's kind of one and the same, but it's we'll call it two for the purpose of explaining this via audio. So you have a second open loop there. Then on day number two, you're going to talk about some piece of that story that has some nice meat on the bones. So maybe it's, you know, when you were in that three years of failure in network marketing and you again started at a point of high drama, tell the story, end it on a good note, of course, but then leave out what changed to make it work. So, you know, after three years, something shifted and I went from zero to a hundred grand a year in the next one year. Or maybe if you don't have results like that yet, you could say, um, uh, so I had a really hard time or I was failing for three years um, and something shifted. And within the next you know, one year, I went from uh, being completely incapable of building network marketing to on my way to fully retired in the next 12 months, right? Or something like that where you po- you're, painting your, you're painting your results in the future. Um, obviously, be truthful with all this, of course. And then you would say, do you want to know what changed? If so, then look for my email tomorrow and I'll show you the epiphany that I had that made this all possible or the realization that I had. And then at the end, you're going to say, oh, by the way, I know I told you I would tell you how I you know, was able to do whatever I told you I could do in the first email. So I know I told you how I was able to quit my job in email number one. That video is right here. And then you'll basically link some type of asset um, that is not the lead magnet. So maybe it's another video that you did. Maybe it's a podcast that you did. Whatever the case is, it's just something that you can give them. It doesn't even have to be something you produced, but it can be something that you can give them that it, you know gives the value that you promised in email number one. Then email number three you are going to be talking about the epiphany that you had that caused you to be able to do whatever you claimed you did in email number two. Okay, so you're basically focused on that epiphany and you're teaching them a lesson there. Now, in email number three, you're going to give your first call to action for your application if that's the goal of the sequence. So you're going to give that call to action for the uh, for the application. You're also going to overcome any logical barriers as to why someone wouldn't fill it out. So, you know, if you're targeting people that have never been targeted for network marketing before, clearly the first barrier is why would you help me? You have to cover that. Okay, email number four, 
is going to be uh, hidden benefits of the thing that you're promoting. So here are a few of the hidden benefits of doing X, Y, and Z, of building network marketing. So you can use the hidden benefit of servitude or of uh, residual income, depending on how you positioned it, or of increased health or of better relationships with family or whatever. But talk about that hidden benefit, and then you can transition really well into another call to action, which is essentially... You know, so if you're like me and you like serving people, then you have to fill out this application, right? So then you transition into a call to action again. Um, oh, and by the way, each time you have this call to action, you'd probably want to be referencing your lead magnet also. So what I like to do is I like to put my applications with the lead magnet. So I can say, so I can literally be promoting the thing that I promised them that's valuable. And then I can just say, hey, go go watch the video that I gave you, right? When you downloaded it the first time, go watch that video and then fill out an application right below that. I like to link them together so I can basically, uh, it's not like it's such a hard squeeze for the application. I'm telling them to go do something that's valuable for them. And then while they're at it, just fill out the application. Okay, number five is the last call. It's a very, very simple email. You're just basically telling them like, hey, this is the last call I'm gonna give you at this time to fill out that application. So go do that, right? So you're just kind of putting the pressure on. Now, you can extend this sequence or shorten it. Now, that five-day email sequence works very, very well. Um, again, I use that sequ- or that template for almost everything. Um, works very, very, very good. Uh, you can shorten it down to two or three emails. I've used that before. So I'll basically just do uh, the high drama email, epiphany, and last call. Um, I've extended it. So I've done email number one, uh, two, so the high drama email, and then the epiphany one. And then I'll basically just kind of extend. I'll just keep doing, I'll keep bouncing between those three or and the hidden benefits. So I'll keep bouncing between the story, epiphany, and hidden benefits over and over again for as long as I need to. And then eventually I'll give the last call. And the last call email, I might even do it two days, or not two days, excuse me, um, two times in one day. So if it's like a big, big sequence, I might do the last call in the morning and then do another one at night um, and be like, seriously, this is the last call, right? Um, So yeah, what I would do is um, go opt in for Russell Brunson's sequences throughout his funnels. My guess is he's using soap opera sequences through all of his funnels. Um, Any sequence that you're in for ours, uh, not any of them, that's not true, Um, but a, a lot of them, you'll notice this pattern. So if you opt in for our sequences, you'll notice them. Or if you're on our list, you'll see them come through. Um, so you can pay attention to those. Something that I always do is if I have, if I see good sequences come through from anyone, I save them. So I have folders that I save these sequences into. Uh, the person that runs uh, my you know email inbox um, knows that the same thing. Like if there's good sequences that come through, like with different, you know, uh, like uh, the sequences that come through, they, she filters them into a swipe file for me. So go do the same thing, right? Just filter your good emails that come into your inbox into a swipe file so you can go back and reference them. You know, some of the ways that I can get into creativity really fast and write good stuff is because I have lots of inspiration now because I've saved stuff over multiple years. Um, so anyway, hopefully that makes sense. I know it's kind of a weird lesson to go over on audio. Um, so like I said, pay attention um, as the emails come out and you can you can look at those. If you were on a list for the Black Friday promotion, that was essentially a really extended soap sequence like I've just described. So you can go back through that and see what we did there. Um, when I have a long sequence like that, I will start using 
Um, I'll start like getting more meaty with some of the um, details and I'll start talking about specific results that we've got or that our people have got, things like that. I'll start using testimonials whenever possible and like expand that story to kind of give the juicy details. So I'll do that as well. Um, so anyway, I think that's it. Uh, a couple just, you know, copywriting tips in general. Uh, number one, always know what you're trying to accomplish. Okay, don't write a sequence if you don't know what you're trying to accomplish. You always have a goal in mind and you always know the stories you're going to tell, always. That is That will make or break it, I promise you. If you don't know the story you're going to tell, you have to spend the hours or days it takes to figure that out. It's worth it. I have agonized over a story for literally weeks. Um, I've agonized over a headline for days. So, but, you know, that that those details do matter like a lot. So make sure your stories are, are on point, make sure your goal is on point and you know exactly what it is. If I if I asked you, hey, what's the purpose of that sequence, you should be able to tell me immediately. If I said, hey, what story are you telling in each email, you should be tell me you should be able to tell me immediately. Um next thing is be not necessarily concise. You don't have to be concise. You have to be you never want to say more than is needed or less than you need. So <clears throat> there's no such thing as long copy being good or short copying being good. It's just good is good. So if whatever you're trying to convey takes longer to convey because you need to make more points and support your argument, then you need longer copy. If you don't need that because you're selling a $3 widget, then don't use a long form sales letter. That's stupid, right? But the point is you can write as long as you need to as long as it's needed. But if it's not needed, then don't do it. So anything that's extraneous, get rid of it, but don't leave anything out because you've had some stupid rule put on you by someone who doesn't know what they're doing to keep, you know, your copy to a certain length or your videos to a certain length. That's all just BS. Literally almost everyone that I've ever uh, talked to that has some opinion about length of copy or videos has never actually done it well themselves. Um, they've just heard this rule from someone else that probably has never done it well either. Um, because from the very beginning of our copywriting days, I wrote fairly long copy and I've always gotten crap for it. Um, but it's almost always worked even, even when I wasn't very good. So <clears throat> don't worry about that. Just again, don't say more than is needed, but don't say less than is needed. Next thing. And last thing I'll tell you for now is, um, use direct phrases, uh, meaning don't say things like, don't say things that are kind of benign or um, kind of wishy-washy, like, oh, I think you should probably go ahead and click the link. Just erase all that and say, go click the link, right? Or say, if you do X, Y, and Z, most likely you'll fail. Most likely you won't do quite well. Okay, erase that and say, if you don't do this, you'll fail. Now, in like personal communication, sometimes a person with such absolute authority can be quite annoying, right? If you've all known people like that, they always are super overconfident in the way that they speak. And that can be pretty annoying sometimes, right? But in, in copywriting, that part is a little bit different. You know, you have to come, you have to know what you're saying. It doesn't mean you have to always be right. You know, you can still make mistakes. That's fine. And you can tell people that. But you have to say things directly uh, because when you're reading the written word, if you add all these buffer words, uh, it does not come across well at all. And you sound like you don't know what you're talking about. So don't do that. 
So if I'm just uh, use almost the same terminology as if I held up a crayon to you, a blue crayon, it was very vivid blue. And I said, what color is this? You would say blue, right? You wouldn't say, oh, it's like a, a it's like a really, really, really watered down violet that has a, a hue of the op, the other, you know, the, the next color on the color wheel. No, you'd say it's blue, right? So speak with that level of intensity or that level of uh, conviction in your voice. The crayon is blue. It's not the writing utensil that's made out of uh, potentially wax, but also maybe a, a smidge of something else that I can't quite identify has a shade of something remotely close to violet, but with more white in it. Don't say that. Just say the crayon is blue. Does it make sense? Anyway, um, that being said, uh, this has been a fairly you know meaty podcast, so I don't know if this is going to be easy to digest uh, in an audio, but if this was helpful for you, do me a favor, leave a review, a review and a rating down below. And um, with that, I think we're all set for the day, so hopefully have an amazing day, and talk to you all soon.